Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. Just open up the door and let the good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU, back in Pennsylvania, soon to be on KO, what is it, KOFA in Tulsa and the Gulf News. Um, our guest today, Mike Barrett, is a former Blazer announcer and now a partner at X-Golf in, down in Tualatin, Oregon, and also proud to say an ex-Beaver, uh, Beaver alumni. That's the only reason I got you on the show, Mike. I hope you know that, is that, you know, you were an Oregon State grad. Right, right. We stick together, and we I appreciate that. Do. Yeah, we do have to stick together. So X Golf, I was in there the other day. I looked around; it's quite a facility. Um, you've got, I think, eight bays in there, and you've got a training room, and you've got a bar, and you got all the fun stuff for derelict golfers like myself. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about it. How you got involved in it too? Well, you know, honestly, it was, uh, it came up probably a year ago and a couple of really good buddies of mine, it was more, I'd love to take credit for it being my idea, but that would be uh, not true. Um, one of my buddies was kind of thinking about doing some stuff. We had started talking about, you know, we're both in the 50 range. And so we we're kind of like, I mean, cause I've had to reinvent myself since, since uh, all my blazer time left and you know, and so I've tried a whole bunch of different things and I still have some other stuff going at the same time. And then my my buddy said, well, let's do first. He said, uh, let's do something in grilling. Let's let's buy a grill store. And I said, well, you know, I've, I've been doing commercials for the grill center for a long time. And I said, I'm you know, kind of loyal to them. And I, yeah. I don't really feel right about that. And but then he started talking about this golf, this golf thing. And what he said initially was. He had said, let's get a semi-truck and let's put a simulator in it. Let's drive it around, put a keg in it and, and take it around and rent it out. And I and, and have like a barbecue and kind of do all for parties, you know, pull people's house and they can rent it. So that took about 10 minutes to realize that probably wasn't the best plan. And right. Um, but then we started talking, looking at simulators. He bought a simulator, put it in his garage. We tried it. It was kind of just an inexpensive one. And then he connected with the X-Golf guys, with a guy named Ryan Darcy, who's the CEO of X-Golf. He's in L.A. Most of the X-Golf corporate is in Michigan. Um, X-Golf is a South Korean, uh, you know, it's all proprietary software, hardware. Sure. Uh, we love those guys, and they were so great. And so next thing you know, we were kind of securing franchise rights and to the area. And then it, you know, and then it became all right, well, then how do we do this? And we went the SBA loan route to buy our Sims. And then we, you know, my other partner is president of York and Curtis Construction. And so, okay, then we've got a guy to build it out. And we've, then I had another friend of mine is in commercial real estate. So he said, well, I got a building for you. So we looked at a few places and ended up in that place in Tualatin that uh, used to be Golfsmith, obviously. And um, 
bigger than we needed, probably uh, close to 11,000 square feet. But we thought, well, this will be this will be great for us because we can do, like you said, we can do a full restaurant, sports bar kind of thing. We can do a back room. It's a big meeting room for people to have offsite meetings and, and events. And, you know, because I've played in, you know, in my time with the Blazers back in the in day, we used to play in three or four scramble tournaments a week, Mike Rice and I. And so I thought, well, man, how cool would it be to be able to have a place where you could do some of these fundraisers in the wintertime? Sure. And so we're getting into that now. But we opened it in November, November 20th, I think was our first day. Um, but got it built out really quickly. They fly in a crew to help you. You know, you frame the simulators and then they bring in um, the guys to kind of do all of the electronics and kind of. And they, and they were terrific to help us out. And so we did get the eight simulators up and running and kind of got to know the system. And for, for whatever reason, I'm a little bit mechanical. I'm, I, I can't look at a spreadsheet and make heads or tails of it. So those guys do the numbers and then I kind of handle a lot of the hardware. Sure. And, and then, you know, and then I, my video content company, which is a small thing, it's just me and my old producer, we do a lot of videos for well, we do Toyota and we do some stuff for Traeger and we do some stuff for Brandon, Texas. And so we're kind of doing our publicity and we've just kind of really been word of mouth and uh, social media and haven't really, you know, you, you mentioned Channel 8 did a, did a piece on us, Channel 12 did a piece on us, which was nice, but it shocked me. And it, granted, it was, a, it was a perfect time of year to do it, but it shocked me in December how slammed we were, especially as it got close to the holidays. And then that week from Christmas to New Year's, we were turning people away and we had a just a huge first full month. So yeah. it's been great. Well, I think it's terrific just for the fact that um, our weather here is, right. you, know, you know, you grew up around here and stuff and our weather is sketchy to say the least. And that's being very kind about it. You know, because you can, right. uh, you've played and I've played and you've been out there and start off with a little sprinkle and pretty soon you're looking for the arc to float by because um, <laughs> it's just that heavy. And then 20 minutes later, it can change. But to have a nice uh, practice facility like X Golf to go in and play in, and you can play various courses and stuff. Uh, you know, you might not ever get to Pebble Beach actually, but you can play it and uh, on the simulator. So I think that's a very cool thing. I think there's a big need for that. And I also, from a person that's involved in the golf industry, it keeps the momentum up, I think, Mike, over the course of the year. Yeah, it does. And, you know, we're like, I think they had 20 something franchises a year and a half ago, and then they got up. Now there's 60 and they have commitments to 150 over the next year. So it really has exploded. It's, it's a, an exploding concept, but you know, they're big in the Midwest for obvious reasons in Michigan, they're big. They've got a lot in the, in the East. They've got some in the mid South. Now uh, we're the first one on the West coast. There's some in Denver. So yeah, I mean, there are areas where, you know, it is a challenge weather-wise. I don't know, you know, I don't know if it'll, I, obviously our time to hit is now. And especially I think spring as you're starting to gear up and you have some still challenging weather. But, but you know, Brian Henniger is a good friend of mine and he has the golf farm in Tualatin. And Brian's a, obviously a great teacher. And I've gone into his place in terms of the instruction part of it and, and to be in the middle of the summer. And I go in there and he's full. And so that kind of made me think, well, 
there's going to be challenges and on a, you know, 80 degree day. Yes. Most of your, maybe probably some of, if not most of the clients that are in there now will be on a golf course. And, and I totally get, I totally get that, but I, I do think there will still be some need and for events and for nighttime and coming in and some, we, we see a lot of couples come in on a date night. And and one nice thing is, is like when I have a, we'll have a, a man and a wife come in, and inst- and I always tell them, hey, instead of, you know, and if she's not played much and he's really good, I say, why don't you guys play an alternate shot or play a scramble and we'll put you on Kapalua and you can you can play a scramble together. Therefore, yeah. it's it's yeah. not she he, he's taking four shots a hole and she's taking a lot or vice versa. I'm not trying to be sure. sexist in that. I'm saying she could be awesome and he could be a beginner. Um so there, there, I think there is that need and there is that that audience out there who's going to like it. So I think that even in the off season, it's going to lighten up, but I do think there's still going to be a need and, the, and a demand. And uh, and then I think there's the whole restaurant sports bar side of it where we had the national championship on the other night and we got we, we kind of designed it to be an experiential thing, not just come in and play 18 holes and leave. So a lot of people hang out or they come early. And so I, I think there will still be a lot of things we haven't even thought about yet, for sure. Well, I'm I'm fairly certain of that, and I see nothing but growth there. We're talking with Mike Barrett. If you recognize the name, Mark, uh, Mike was the uh, one of the voice of the Portland Trailblazers, along with uh, Mr. Rice for a lot of years. And uh, we're going to come back here on Grilling at the Green in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to grilling at the green here on uh, am 860 the answer the golf news network and all that great stuff i'd like to thank the folks at birdie ball the greatest training aid to come along in the past 20 years you can find out online at birdieball.com and gunter wilhelm knives mike's a barbecue guy obviously you guys know i am uh, i recommend gunter wilhelm knives they've got unmatched quality comfort and efficiency in the kitchen online at gunterwilhelm.com if you want to email us pretty easy Info at grillingatthegreen.net. And also we're on Facebook and 9,000 other platforms out there. So you can find us. Uh, and I'm not kidding. We're, it's crazy on that deal, Mike. And I know you're aware of this. But 
when we started posting shows as podcasts just a couple of years ago, I think we had like five platforms and I think now we're up to like 33 or something. <laughs> it, <laughs> just, there, there's, there's power in that though, you know, and, and, and in terms of the, you know, I mentioned this in your first segment about the advertising, even for X golf. And then I do work with some other companies. And one of the things that my other company does is we, we handle content and, when you get to, and there's Instagram and there's Facebook and there's right. Twitter and all these things, but um, the ways you can get to people through digital marketing is, it just blows my mind now. And I, I do a lot of work with uh, a buddy who owns Guile Golf Carts. And so we started off helping him with some content, some high quality videos and sure. some, some things explaining, you know, custom golf carts and not only for the course, but neighborhood and property and everything else. And so we just started doing some videos on Instagram and then boosting them with small purchases. I mean, his followers went just skyrocketed and all of a sudden he's getting people calling from different parts of the country wanting golf carts yep. and he ships some carts and builds them. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, we all know that, that the traditional media is still important and, but there's this whole new world for not as you found, obviously, with podcasting and everything else, but these ways to reach people. And I, I'm just I can't wait to see what it's going to be like another five or 10 years down the road. I think it'll be incredible, really, because um, it, it it's just funny how something can take off. And the other thing that I'm impressed with it is a lot of them. And you can do this with like Facebook and mostly Facebook with but with other ones, <clears throat> excuse me, you can target an area, you know, yeah. you do the geofencing thing and you can target an area. And if I want to pick up more listeners in Kansas city for my barbecue show, we spend 50 bucks in Kansas city, that area. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I've got another 700 listeners in Kansas city, you know, yeah. It, yeah. that that's, <laughs> It, it kind of blows my mind, but in another way, it's kind of like, Ooh, you know, big brother is here. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, not only that, and I've got a friend who runs a digital marketing company and you mentioned the geofencing and there's a geo framing, you know, application now where you can isolate device numbers and you can pick out people where they shop, what they do, where they live, where they travel, and you can yep. serve them ads and serve them content. It is, it is scary in some ways, the big brother thing, but <laughs> I kind of, for me, I, I figured that's already here anyway. So yeah. I always think, well, you know, when I go on Instagram and I click on a, you know, barbecue and I, I'm like you, I'm, you know, I follow everybody in the barbecue world and uh, I, I kind of like it because then I get served people and I get served companies I wouldn't have come across otherwise. And I'm like, right. all right, you're sending me things. You obviously you're learning from my, from uh, my interests. And then all of a sudden I'm picking up recipes and picking up trips and tips yep. and tricks and yep. products. And so there, there's some of that stuff. I don't, I don't mind so much. Yeah. I don't think you can fight it anymore. I think it's here to stay and that's fine. And you just learn to work with it and work around it. Right. Um, was this when you're, after you left the blazers and we're going to talk about that a little bit in the next segment, but after you left the blazers, and you talked to this a bit, Mike, in the first segment, but was working within something within the golf industry a, a real priority to you? I mean, I know you play. I know you do the scrambles, the celebrity stuff and all that. But was it really like, I think I'll get into the golf thing? 
Well, yeah, you know, and I, when I was at Oregon State, I lived with a couple of friends. My roommates were on the golf team and I marshaled down there at Tristing Tree and I was always around with them. And so I thought originally that's what I was going to do. I thought, well, and I was good enough. I, I wasn't great. I, I, I couldn't have played on the team then. Um, but I was around it enough to where I liked the industry. And what I, what I didn't like about, say, the club pro route was I learned quickly, you're working while everyone else is off and playing. And so <laughs> that didn't appeal to me. Yeah. And, uh, and then honestly, I, so I, I was in that and I was thinking golf might be the way I'm going to go in terms of a career. And then I kind of moved up here and stumbled into radio. And once I did that, it was off to the races in that. And, did, you know, worked for KXL for eight years and did Oregon Duck football. And and then the Blazers hired me in 99, um, did some, well, and you're going to get into that next segment, but, I, but the, it, it, I had a whole bunch of different experiences in that. But as I, when I left, I didn't know. And I, I got into production a little bit, television, um, pitched a show, I got to be good friends with Dave Turin uh, and Todd Hoffman, who are, you know, the creators of Gold Rush. And, mm -hmm. and, Dave, and Dave is a good friend that I still talk to a lot. Great golfer, by the way. Um, and I and and Dave, I was just texting with Dave a couple of nights ago, and he knows about X-Golf, and he keeps saying he's going to come out. He's off mining and shooting shows for Discovery because he's got his new show. But he and I and the former state senator, Jason Atkinson, put together a we put together a reality show, which was more based on uh, more targeted to men and more kind of uh, getting men, some veterans, law enforcement guys that were down um, and kind of taking them on a three day adventure and and uh, helping them learn a little about themselves. And it was more of, you know, it kind of sounds touchy feely, but it also had this masculine part of it. Sure. Um, and we shot four episodes and we, we took that to MGM and to discovery. And we got to the, we got to the one inch line with discovery. And we, I thought we had it and it was right at the, they, they finally got to the last desk, which they say, they told us, and maybe they were trying to make us feel good that, that there's, you know, they get so many shows pitched to them and we made it to a spot where no shows get, but we didn't end up, it didn't end up being carried by them. And then we met with MGM and then we talked, thought about, I don't know. We thought about Netflix. We thought about Pure Flix, which is another one. We thought about YouTube TV. And this was three or three and a half, four years ago. And then from that, I was like, okay, what now? Um, I was still doing commercials. You know, I do all the commercials for Bymart and a yeah. lot of the Northwest companies. And, and so I still have that going. And I've got a little like you do. I've got a little radio spot in my house where I do a lot of the voice work. I do the voice work for a couple brands in Texas. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Mike Barrett in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. Hey, it's JT. And this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. And we're talking with Mike Barrett today. We'd like to thank you. The folks again at Ben Hogan Golf Tour Quality Clubs at Factory Direct Prices. That's Ben Hogan Golf. You can email us, very simple uh, info at grillingatthegreen.net. And a podcast version of this show and all our other shows are, of course, on iHeart and Apple and Captivate and SoundCloud and widgets or whatever they are out there. We've, we've got them. 
<laughs> we got a ton of them. You sound so, like me. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, I don't yeah. know the names of all these things. My I, kids can tell you. Yeah, my daughter, she's 28 and she can tell you everything like that. Um, I've got a good friend that he's more, way more tech savvy than I am. And he's in the radio world. And so almost every other day he's calling me, go, hey, here's a new one, you know, <laughs> sign up. So I was like, okay. Um, when you worked for the Blazers, I know there was, and, and if you don't want to talk about this, I completely understand, but there was. When when they let you guys go, there was a big kerfuffle about that. Um, and I will confess to you that I'm not the most ardent Blazer follower because I've got so much going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a I'm primarily a golf and football guy, a little baseball. Basketball comes in about fourth on my list, mm-hmm. but, but I still pay attention. How tough was that on you? And did that come with any, I mean, did you know it was coming or did they just cut your feet off at the ankles no we had no idea in fact it was ironic because it, it had come at a time mike rice and i had done gosh i think 11 years together i was there 17 years steve jones was my original partner and then when steve was doing more national right broadcasts uh for nbc and then abc um they decided to move, they moved Mike over on a couple road trips when Steve would go do national games on the weekend. And that's when he was doing games with Bob Costas and Bill Walton and Mike Breen, who's a friend. Um, and so the ironic part was as we kind of became this Mike and Mike thing, the two became one. It was, it was interesting to me. It was great. I mean, great times. But that last year was probably. A time, and this is where it's ironic, it was a time when we probably, and I didn't, I don't, we never paid attention to stuff. I, I don't have any ego about it. We tried to do our thing and have fun and be different. We, um, but that was a, a time that season, we probably had more accolades and more national attention than we'd ever had. So sure. in terms of their, it was probably the, the most surprising because we were, at that time, you know, there were some national sites that ranked the broadcasters, all this stuff. And we didn't pay close attention to that. But there was a big thing locally that people had noticed that we were ranked one of the top five teams and all this stuff. And Mike and I were different enough where I think people liked the the entertainment part that came with it. Right. And we really weren't trying to do that. It's just kind of who we were. And Mike's a circus. So he was awesome to work with in that way. So that season ended. And um and then we know out of the absolute blue, um, we were called in and, um, you know, the owner, Paul Allen had just, I think everybody knows that now we couldn't really talk about that in the beginning. They certainly didn't talk about it. He, you know, had grown up in Seattle, uh, listening to Kevin Calabro and he had been, uh, you know, obviously longtime legendary voice of the Sonics and, uh, decided he wanted to put him in and blew all of us out. And so it was, and then as you say, they, when they told us, they, I knew they knew it was going to be something the fans were not going to be excited about initially, just because, you know, broadcasters, especially with a sport like, well, like the NBA, where you have, you know, it's not like this with the NFL so much only in, in radio, really, but you become the one constant because coaches come and go, players come and go front office presidents they come and go but the main connectivity and the main relationship fans end up having is with the broadcasters 
So anytime there's a change there, and there aren't many changes, I mean, it's pretty stable in the NBA. And I still talk to friends around the league that I got really close with, where it's kind of a tight-knit fraternity. I got calls from all those guys that day that happened saying, you, what? What happened? You know, what? This is crazy. And so that was that was very uh, humbling uh, um, to hear them all say that. And I appreciated that. But, you know, I've got deep faith and there's a reason why stuff happens. And I tried to just steer into that and say, hey, yes, it was shocking. And yes, it was heartbreaking. I was never angry about it. I don't handle things that way. I was never bitter at anybody. It was more just, uh, wow, what now? Um, and fortunately, which this isn't the case for many people. So I was very blessed to have a year left on my contract. So I didn't have to immediately run to the next gig. I could take a breath and go, okay, what now? And still provide for my family for a little while. And I'd had another team that, uh, had been in contact with me for a few years and they called and said, okay, you got no reason now let's go. And but then I asked what the contract situation was with their current broadcaster, who I knew. And they said, well, yeah, we can just make that swap. And I said, I, I'm not going to do that to anybody yeah. else. I'm not going to do what was just done to me. Just call me in a year. So they called me back the next summer. I said, OK, let's go. And then I thought, OK, uproot my family, you know, leave all my friends, leave where I'm from. And I just didn't feel right. And so I didn't do it. And I've still had some opportunities here and there, college sports, whatnot. Though once in a while, I even got not that long ago, and I don't talk much about this. It's interesting you brought it up, but and but I just I kind of like doing something different. Um, not to say that I won't ever do something like that again, because sure. it does. We tend to gravitate toward things that, that were we're good at and that maybe come naturally or easy to us. My dad was a basketball coach. And so I was always around the game. I was around, always was around the Blazers since the time I was really small. So um, yeah, but it was, it was tough. It was tough. And then came the whole, which I kind of, we kind of did this backwards, but kind of did went into what I was trying next. And that was a whole bunch of stuff on, and thank goodness, you know, staying here, I've been able to keep um, some kind of, influence in the market in terms of doing some commercial work and some spokesman sure. work and that kind of stuff. So life is not as uh, predictable anymore. It's not as there's not the stability that maybe when you have just one gig going, but at the end of the day, I, I, I I'm not traveling. Um, I don't have to, you know, the pressure of being in the public every day and, you know, especially with social media now, and the way I am, you know, I'd get done with a game somewhere and immediately like check Twitter or something and you get 300 fantastic, you know, responses and affirmation and you get right. one that says you suck. And <laughs> and so then I would end up obsessing on the one that said you suck. And it just it, it wasn't terribly peaceful. And that's my personality. A lot of guys don't care. I, I do. And so I always tried to make everybody happy. So it was a stressful life. Great life, but a stressful life. It's interesting to meet somebody after they're your boss or after yeah. they're, and I got to really like Bob at that point. And I liked him anyway, but I got to know him better, I should say. But the action sports, the ASCN thing was, and I and I had a lot of friends who were working there. I did a couple of shows there. I did a, I did a Blazer show there. I did a WNBA show there. I did a show at one point, I'm trying to think of the other show I had going there. 
So it didn't affect me like it affected you, but right. it was high. And I remember being on an elevator with a guy who was running kind of below Bob, but over a lot of this. And he showed me a text or an email, it wasn't a text then, but it was an email that just, it was from Paul that just said, hey, uh, go ahead and just shut down AFCN. And that was it. It was one line, six, seven words, everybody gone. And it was kind of like just something on a whim they decided. And the ironic thing was the ASCN high definition television production truck that he bought for ASCN was the first of its kind. Yeah. I mean, it was so far ahead of its time. And it it was it was weird because he ended up selling that truck off as well. And I know some of the guys that worked on that truck. It was they were producing a signal and a quality that nobody's television sets at that time could pick up. And I feel like if that network could have come along 10 years later, it would have probably stuck, but they had carriage issues with then AT&T in Portland where they could not get the carriage rights. And that was a huge thing that sunk ASC right, right. because you couldn't get it anywhere. Right. You could get it on the coast on charter cable, which Paul Allen was chairman of, but they had these same issues in new Orleans and these same issues in other markets where charter was there and they wouldn't, they wouldn't ever come to the agreement to carry the rights. I know the new Orleans Hornets then they, they couldn't, they couldn't get their games on to And it was very similar to what we had here. So the games were being broadcast to nobody and right. we were doing shows to nobody. So. Right. Right. That's funny you bring that up. It's a flood of memories back. Oh, there. yeah, it is. We're going to take a break, and Mike and I will be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with Mike Barrett. Uh, I hope Mike sticks around for after hours. We got a few extra minutes there, but Mike is back on topic here, golfers. Mike is one of the proud owners of X Golf. He's got partners in it there in Tualatin. Uh, golf question here, golf business question, Mike. Did you kind of formulate this at all after Top Golf? Did you look at that as a model to say, Maybe not the way you run the operation, but to see the enthusiasm for Top Golf when they came out. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Ours though was more. Yes, I mean Top Golf. I think was uh, you know kind of showed everybody that there was a market for this. The experience is way different. I think the clientele can be a little bit different in terms of you know when i go to top golf and, and it's awesome and i've been out there and i emceed a big event for fca out there recently it's great but you know you're you're kind of shooting balls at a target and then after about five minutes i'm trying to hit the guy in the range cart which you know yeah. I, I think there you that's go that's what, what you do yeah and and so whereas the x golf platform we wanted something that would be more like leagues you know because we have an app which i don't know if you noticed when you were there but you know it establishes your x golf handicap it keeps all of your stats you can really better your game not that you can't at x golf i mean at top golf but but we're we're based more on playing some of the world's best courses and it's very accurate in terms of the rules if you take an unplayable it's very much within the rules where you can drop 
your drop area after a water hazard is is very uh, very accurate in terms of being legal. Um, you know, and I've found that if you play at the professional level at X Golf, your game and your score and what happens with the ball and the measurements the lasers take is very accurate. And in fact, our teaching pro Andy Morris, who came over from Redtail, um, Andy now is he brought a great book of clients with him, but I mean, the lessons he's stacking up now, and he teaches in, in our private bay, which he has the V1 technology as well with all the cameras. He, he just said, you know, he did this because he thought it would be exciting, but I think he has said a few times, he's underestimated um, the teaching tool that this is. And, and I think that'll be a 12 month thing, not just in the winter time, in terms of what he can see and the stats and the measurements that this, this, uh, simulator takes and measures on people and breaking their swing down. And, you know, for some people that don't want to go to a driving range to get lessons, I think some of that is, well, number one, it's, you know, there's weather. Number two, you're standing on a range and um, it embarrasses some people who are trying to get into the game because people are watching you top 37 straight balls. <laughs> and, it's, and, and, and here you can close the door and you're in there with a PGA professional who's got you know great experience in teaching, and nobody's around, so it doesn't. You don't have to go through the stigma of being new at something and not very good at it. Sure. Uh, and then he can he can break down on video and show you swing path and show you all of the statistics that you would get on a TrackMan or or another simulation device um, that truly can measure progress and. And I haven't really done that with him. One day I was I was swinging and he said a couple of things and then he showed me a number. Showed, we were talking about swing path and it was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, so that part of it is really cool. As far as the, the, the top golf things go, I, I think it, yes, I think it all showed us that and it helped the game. I mean, and the odd thing is, and you know this, we've, we've, and we've discussed this. It's, it's, it's hard to sit here not to sound insensitive, but there's been this massive positive impact that the pandemic had on golf. Mm -hmm. And it was the one thing that you could go do and kind of be by yourself and outside. And, um, you know, we all know when the pandemic started, they, they still let you have, you know, you had to keep the pins in and then they put these, you know, the little foam things in the <laughs> cup to where you weren't, you know, we were trying to figure it out. I mean, I give them a break, but it was, you look back now and it all seems so silly, but um, so for, for whatever reason, it led people, it was almost like the tiger boom, but not driven by an individual, but driven right. by this pandemic. So I think we're, we're writing in the wake of that. Uh, and we talked to some guys the other day from golf tech who came over to look, we had some guys from PXG in who'd like to, to do some interesting stuff with us. And they talked about the boom and how it has continued and how we are all still writing in the wake of this this newfound, and, I, and it's not 100% because of COVID and the pandemic, but it didn't hurt it. I'll tell you no. that. Um, Mike's going to stick around, like I said, for after hours, but that's going to wrap it this week for Grilling at the Green. Mike, thank you for being with us. I thought we were going to talk barbecue. I was all ready uh, we, to talk. We, we are. We are. But oh. that's in the after hours. Oh, oh I okay. see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, Frank Nabolo did that to me, too. We got about two-thirds of the way through the show, and he stopped it, and he said, 
wait a minute. I know who you are. We got to talk some barbecue here. So, okay. Right. right. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next week with another show. Take care, everybody. And uh, be nice out there, people. Take care. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.